0: My name is Adrienne Garland, and welcome to Sugar Coated. Sugar Coated is a podcast that was born from the notion that for far too long, women and other people who inside felt like they just didn't fit in in maybe small or even large ways had to sugarcoat their words, their style, or in general, their way of showing up in the world. This podcast started out as a dedication to women leaders. You see, I wanted to shine the light on all the incredible work that women do and how they're making an impact, and I still do. But I realized that a key reason that women have struggled, in my opinion, is that they've had to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals, which are inherently designed to keep those outside of the norm from standing out. This has prevented more women from being recognized as the powerful leaders that we truly are, Join me, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. Each week, as I dive into raw conversations with some remarkable, badass women that will help you to strip away your sugar coat and go in the direction of your incredible dreams. Hi everybody. My name is Adrian Garland and welcome to Sugar Coated. I'm here today with the incredible people from the law firm in New York City called Ingram. And Ingram is an incredible law firm that is super supportive of small businesses and growing businesses, large businesses too. Uh, but they have been huge supporters of She Leads Media for many years now. And I really appreciate all of the support and the advice that they Provide not only to me, but to the community of women that are part of She Leads Media. So I'm here today with three different people from Ingram because we have so much information to share. So I'm here with Warren Friss, Sheila Degasper, and Jennifer Zurigi. And I'm going to let each one of them introduce themselves, and then we're going to just jump right into a conversation about what businesses should be thinking of during this time, and we all know what this time means, but during this time and beyond. So uh, I'm going to start with Sheila. If you could just introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go to sure. Jennifer. Uh, so my name is Sheila and I am a corporate
1: partner at Ingram. I've been practicing for almost 15 years now. I've um, helped range of businesses uh, from early stage to More fully developed in in a number of different capacities and transactions and contracts in, I guess, various uh, stages of the life cycle. So, yes, basically have a a broad range of experience in in many corporate matters.
2: Awesome. Jennifer? Hi, I'm Jennifer Zurigi and I am a partner in our firm's commercial litigation group. Terrific.
0: And Warren?
3: Adrian, everyone. Uh, my name is Warren I'm at Ingram. I'm a corporate and business attorney. I've been practicing for about uh, 30 years. Uh, I've been uh, at law firms like Ingram. I've also uh, been in-house. So I've worked at uh, uh, at the co- Tops company. I worked at the Tops company as general counsel. Um, so I have some uh, experience on, on the other side. And I've also uh, had my own startup entity. So I have uh, Uh, sympathy and experience for all entrepreneurs. And I I very much enjoy working with entrepreneurs and people in in early stages of their business.
0: That is excellent. And I love that, Warren, too. I always... Uh, feel like you can really relate to all the women who have started businesses and that are growing them whenever you uh, come and speak at the She Leads conference. I I think that it just offers another layer to sort of let them know that you're in the same shoes as they are. And uh, they might be (laughs) women's shoes, (laughs) Um, but that you can empathize with some of the challenges. And Today's podcast and conversation is really about all of the things that entrepreneurs are facing right now. And obviously, it's not just women entrepreneurs. We're focused here on the Sugar Coated Podcast on women entrepreneurs. But this is a just insane, crazy time for so many people. And when we were preparing for this conversation, we had a really great talk about Everything that people should sort of be considering and and doing, or even not doing. So why don't we just jump right in? Because I know that there's a couple of areas that we wanted to talk
3: about. Sure. So there there are four things that um, you know I've been talking to people about and and trying to help them with as they you know, review what's going on with uh, with their businesses at this extremely challenging time. And and one of the interesting things is that you know, entrepreneurs are usually in a different position or startups, but but the situation we're in now, you know, even the most seasoned businesses that have been around for many, many years are all facing the same, the same struggle. So, uh, not only the entrepreneurs in this together, we're all, everybody's really in the same, in the same boat. So, so the four things, the first three are really financial. and, And the last one is, is, is not financial at all. The first three is really taking a close look at your business. So number one is Looking at your revenue projections over the next two, three, four months, as far out as you could possibly look, and I know it's extremely challenging given the uncertainty. Um, but you know we've now been in this situation with the coronavirus uh, and, and the economy for about six weeks, so people are starting to get a sense of how much it's affecting their business. So you know you can look at how it's uh, how your business has done in the six-week period uh, versus last year, and then in the four-week period and two-week period to sort of see you know, where you are and how it's progressing or regressing, um, you know, whether you're down 20%, 30%, 60%. Get a sense, a realistic sense to try and figure out what your revenues are going to be or are likely to be um, over the next several months. Then, obviously, you have to look at the other side of the ledger and look at your expenses. And that's that's always as, as painful as looking at the revenues uh, sometimes, sometimes is. Uh, looking at the expenses is also challenging. So, you know, that's obviously everything from your employees, consultants that you've hired, leases that you have, space you're using, vendors. First, taking a look to see what you can do without, um, what you could cut back. Uh, But also to take a look and see, you know, to the extent that you owe people money, what you can do to either defer paying some of that money or sort of, you know, uh, work out a deal where you pay less of the money, you know, just just pay less. And, you know, it's a hard thing to do and a lot of people aren't used to doing this, you know, asking for a reprieve or a deferral, but just know that everybody is. And, you know, this has nothing to do with how you're operating your business. It's just a business reality and, you know, it's something that you have to do and, and, and. even though it doesn't feel as though you have leverage because, you know, we're all in the situation where we're, we're asking for deferrals. You really do because, you know, nobody right now is going to end up in a fight or a lawsuit over you owing them money. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, it really makes sense to to talk to people and see what you do to, you know, save Yeah, And and would you say that you're kind of both
1: looking at the revenue and and your expenses? Um, You know, I, I find people are looking at it, you know, one from the perspective of what, what they need now, like in the short term, just to kind of make it past the next, you know, a couple of weeks. And and although there has now been kind of this trailing period, it still feels, I think, like a, a cash crunch. And then, you know, having those negotiations, um, you know, kind of just better informs you know you and 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 your business as to kind of what what your position is now, but also what your position might be later on, and kind of the the viability of. Of what you're doing and and how you may need to change things up and and how you want to use those resources that you are able to kind of reserve now in the short in the short term.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's such great advice. One of the things that comes up for me when I hear that you know when I sort of put on my entrepreneurial hat um, and I know this from also going through the the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program a lot of uh, women business owners have resistance I don't know what the word is but there's a lot of emotions that are tied to the financial piece of their business and some of them you know push off the responsibility of looking at the numbers and the finances to other people. So I think it's such great advice, especially now, to really take control of your financial situation and get to know your numbers, like the back of your hand. And there's so much emotion to... Number one, forget about the pandemic. There's a lot of emotion tied to finances. And then when you layer on all of the emotions that are coming up with the pandemic, I I think that business owners could get, lose sight and maybe start to go down a path of, you know, I'm I'm not doing well, I don't know what to do, and not even kind of get to this practical advice that you're giving. So... I know that we talked about something before and I don't know whether it was Sheila or Jennifer who said, you know, recognizing that this pandemic is beyond your control. Could you talk uh, a little sure. bit I, about I think I I, that? I think
1: we might have both spoken about it, but it is something where, you know, people are very much emotionally invested in their their business, especially, you know, when I say say somebody starting out and I do think maybe it is a, a something specific or in particular with women, but I think it applies, you know, uh, you know, it is somewhat gender neutral as well. And it's kind of hard to put on that kind of rational, you know, making sure your focus is, is trying to be, uh, and I hate saying that like, like women aren't irrational, but you know, you have all of your, you know, some hopes and dreams, et cetera, that are, that are tied up into your business. And, and it is something that where you can, you kind of really do have to look at those hard numbers and really think about okay what did you what was your business plan how you know you know revisit that revisit how you know what you're thinking what's realistic in terms of of what you know the short term mid term long term potential you know revenue sources are for you or or, or cash uh, or things to meet your cash flow needs and and how realistic it is to attain those and how realistic it is to, you know what what your business will look like in the long term. But kind of to reiterate what what was said earlier, you know everybody's in the same boat, but everybody also doesn't have a crystal ball. So although that's important to make sure you're you're being realistic, it, it is a little challenging because we we don't know what the future looks like. We might get glimpses of it. With um, how everything obviously is going online, you know things, uh, you know areas of different industries that may not be as adversely affected. So, so trying to think about what you are doing, how that applies to the current situation, how you think that might apply to what the country looks like or what industries look like as we do start opening up for business again, and what that looks like. I know there has been, you know, a lot of, you know, different opinions, say, on, on how and when that will happen. So you kind of have to stay nimble as well. I mean, it, it's a lot to ask to make sure that you can, you know, try to go towards, you know, a direction or potentially multiple directions to kind of keep your options open and viable, in order to, you know, potentially take advantage of, of opportunities that might arise uh, as well. And that just might not look like what you had initially, you know, initially thought was going to be uh, what your business looked like.
3: Yeah. Yeah, she, I think Sheila, you know, raised a good point about being realistic. You know, And one of the options I think people don't consider sometimes, especially this sometimes works for a company that's in early stages is to just sort of put everything on pause for six months or nine months or four months. You don't, you don't have to stay in business. You know, if you're at a certain stage where you can just slow down and and take six months and and work on certain things and not stay in business and and save some money and then, you know, open back up and whatever your business is and, you know, in, in six or nine months when, when things are better. I think that's a, that's something that yeah and, and, and on top consider.
1: of that you know I don't yeah. want to always be the a negative Nelly because because things won't be this negative I think everybody does have you know hope that things will get better and, and change and and that does create opportunities and there's a lot of businesses that are that are hurting and it's, it might be in in the industry that you're currently working in and those businesses might have had to furlough people or potentially lay off those people and that, you know, when things get going again, that puts those businesses kind of behind the eight ball too, because once business picks up again, they don't necessarily have the boots on the ground. And that could be an opportunity for you if you're conserving your resources or if that makes, if that makes sense for you to then jump back in and potentially, you know, be in a more competitive position as well, potentially.
0: Yeah, and Jennifer, I know that you talked earlier about getting creative. Can you just talk yes. a little bit about that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, I mean, I think Sheila is touching on that a, a little bit in that the the part where you're very realistic about what's going on, what your situation is, but then that, you know, being creative and thinking outside of the box for what you need to do now going forward and what those potential opportunities may be. I think the, The third part of this is going to be being flexible because, as Sheila said, we don't know exactly what's coming in the future, and it may be, you know, being creative about a shift to your business. It may be, you know, coming up with different various contingency plans for how things go. What do I do now, you know, in this moment when I have to pay these bills? You know, what what could I do next as things do start to reopen? We've heard a lot of talk about various phases of reopening and sort of starting to think how you might be able to... To to shift your business, as Warren said, it might be pausing your business. You know, for some it may be the reality of, of of closing it. But for everyone, that's going to be a little bit different. But I think it's important now to really, you know, first look that and see what your real situation is as best as you can project it, and then start to think creatively what what the different possibilities are for are for you and your business.
0: Yeah, I love that, and you know, I'm I'm a business person, went to business school, and you always sort of start with what does the marketplace look like and where is the opportunity. And and while that changes, of course, right, the marketplace is always shifting, it has never changed so rapidly. So what we looked at when we all started our businesses was a very, very different world than it is now and that what it's going to be in you know who knows what period of time 3 months a year 5 years and and then as a business also thinking about when things do come back to this new normal knowing that you must have different approaches when the market does change because I've read things that this is not the last pandemic that we're going to live through. And it's this idea of being like super nimble and flexible, I think, is really important for all business owners to have at the top of their mind. It needs to be built into their strategy. Yeah. So that's not
2: something that we always did before, right? You know, oh, we need to have backup plans for... X, Y, or Z, but that kind of goes to the bottom of the list because there's so many other day-to-day things that we're dealing with. But I think now this is going to be something where uh, business owners need to and will take it more seriously of coming up with various contingency plans and and different ways to go, even if we do get back to our new normal and eventually even to what we was our normal, that that could, you know, all of a sudden shift again, and we need to go back to doing things remotely, or a change in in our, you know, business plan. And I think people need to start, uh, you know, preparing for that more.
0: Yeah. So why don't we go back? Because I know that we wanted to also talk about after taking a, a real assessment of what your revenues potentially are and what your expenses are. Uh, many people are going to fall short, right? So Warren, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about where can you get money or anybody, you know, jump uh, yeah, in. where and, and can I, you I'm,
1: get uh, thank money? Thank you for bringing that up. Cause I meant to mention that earlier that in order to kind of one, you know, looking at that revenue and, and, and some sort of, um, financial relief, um, that could help, help give you a little bit of breathing room, you know, to sustain your business. Uh, there are a number of programs. You know, I think by now everyone's heard of the CARES Act and how there was a $350 billion fund or a program called uh, Paycheck Protection Program. And it's it's a loan program through the Small Business Administration but it, is, uh, it can be converted into a grant. So it's overwhelmingly the most popular program because it is something where you could borrow funds you, um, up to uh, a certain amount. Uh, uh, it's two and a half times your payroll costs for basically your trailing 12 months or your payroll costs from 2019. I don't want to get bogged down into details, but it would essentially provide you eight weeks of, uh, of payroll and plus, you could use it for rent and utility payments. And if you use it according to the, uh, the SBA guidelines, it, it's forgiven at the end, and there's no you know tax consequences to it. So, so it's a very popular program. It was so popular that within ten days, it, the funds were gone. So, the Senate just passed um, additional funding. I think it's three hundred billion. And, uh, and so uh, it's most likely going to be passed. Um, so then there's another bucket of money for small businesses to go after. And I would highly recommend, especially if your business is affected by the pandemic, which you know 99% of businesses are, uh, to, to apply for that loan. Um, you would go to, you know, you would first go to your lender and it's typically recommended to apply through them, although, there have been a lot of <clears throat> controversy about who's had access to that initial uh, tranche of funds, and it, it basically bigger businesses um, seem to have um, have taken a, a, a lion's share of that. But with that said, I think there's going to be a focus on getting uh, the monies to, to who um, really need it and, and the smaller businesses. So, so I would encourage people to apply to the extent they have not. Yeah, there's other loans available, but that you know, yeah. um, which you can go on the SBA website and you know the Economic Injury Disaster Loan and and other things that other you know that's more of a true loan, but it is available to almost all borrowers. You know, basically if you have less than 500 employees, which which is a lot of businesses. So,
0: yeah, and I know Jennifer that you wrote a piece that outlines some of the. Uh, resources that are available to small businesses. I can uh, provide a link in the show notes so that people have access to that. Um, it, It would be great to Update it with this new information because I actually don't know all that much about when those that the second tranche of funds is going to be released. Um, so that would be great. And you know, it's funny. I think back to one of the conferences that she leads media held, and one of the women who wrote a book. Elaine Poefelt. She wrote a book called "The One Million Dollar One Person Business," and it was all about how these entrepreneurs use contractors and, um, really, their their only employee. And yet they're, you know, very healthy businesses. But when you look at some of these grant programs, there's specifications that you have to have, you know, three employees or more. And I know that that doesn't sound like very much. But there are so many people out there that are running these micro businesses, I guess you could call them, with, you know, maybe one or two employees. And then they use contractors for everything else to kind of keep their costs down. And to um, be able to operate in an expense position um, that's lower than carrying an employee. And I feel like so many of those businesses, while they are classified as, you know, micro, if that is even correct, what and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but what are some of the resources that might be available uh, so this is to businesses I mean, I can like speak to that. The, the, P,
1: the PPP program, uh, some people call it the Triple P program. It, it is available um, to that uh, type of a business. However, you're kind of pointing out uh, one of the weak areas in the sense that if you have independent contractor wages or payments, any 1099 payments, do not get included in the amount that you can Basically, use as 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 the, in the formula of how much you can borrow. But somebody who's self-employed, they can uh, apply for this loan as well. It basically would be it would be your net income up to a hundred thousand uh, multiplied by two point five. So it's not necessarily uh, um, you know depending on how large your business is uh, a, a ton of money, especially if it is uh, you have a viable business that you rely on a lot of independent contractors. But the SBA did. Provides specific guidelines, which was that if you're an independent contractor, you know, you, you would be entitled to apply yourself. So it, to the extent that a business is built like that, and you know some of these links are basically broken, to the extent some of these independent contractors aren't getting relief, yeah, it, there could be damage to a uh, kind of a business uh, structure like that, or or harder to potentially recover.
0: Yeah. I have another question that just came up too. And I'm thinking about the businesses that are the these sole proprietors who maybe do make the decision that they're going to shut their business because after they've kind of taken an assessment of everything, they just realize that, you know, now's the, the time to close. Maybe they were holding on by a thread and this, you know, sort of put them over the edge. Are those people eligible for unemployment. And I guess it must differ by state, but I, I was just thinking like what type of financial resources are available to to sole proprietors shutting down their business and not yeah, knowing know, anyway, what but, the next but step yes, is. So, yes,
1: you're right. There's the federal unemployment insurance now available for those who are self-employed, who, who are basically no longer working. You would go, apply through your state unemployment... What, Unemployment office first, because one of the requirements in order to be eligible is to be rejected at the state level, and so you would apply. And and most, you know, I think the New York website is is you know uh, they they've worked through their backlog and their, um, you know, so I think that it's a little bit easier to to get your application in than 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 it used to be, and I think that the instructions are pretty um quote-unquote clear I'm sure I'm sure there's a, you know it's always, there's always questions filling out these forms but but yes so <laughs> at a minimum it would be 182 at the state level plus six hundred dollars at per week federal level there's a cap for uh, for the state unemployment at I think it's five hundred and four dollars so so there is some relief and that 600 kind of kicker like addition is available you know would be applied through July but but otherwise the federal unemployment benefits would be available for 39 weeks so so yeah that is definitely something to for uh, for uh, a self-employed person who who basically all of their business dried up should should look into
0: Hmm. And I know we also, thank you so much for that. It's so helpful. Some of this stuff, just reading through everything can get overwhelming and confusing, especially when you're operating from this, you know, emotional point of view. Sometimes you can't, you can't absorb Mm -hmm. uh, what you're reading because you're clouded by your emotions. But I know that we talked about that there could be some other creative options too, instead of just you know shutting down or pausing. Warren, I think that you mentioned a, a couple of other maybe creative things that businesses might be able to do, whether it's you know like a joint venture or something similar.
3: Uh, yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, so many companies are going through the same situation, and you know, there will be companies that are in your particular industry that are going through the situation. So even though they might be competitors and, and people that you normally would not reach out to and, and talk to, uh, there may be some opportunities to join forces. You know, somebody may be looking to, you may be surprised that somebody else is looking to exit the business and they may have a customer list or a person or some business that would actually be very helpful to you that you might be able to you know purchase or, Give them, you know, a piece of equity in your company, or you know, pay them out over time. You know, you you never know who else is is struggling, and, and pretty much everyone else is. So, um, you know, it could be the opposite. It could be that that you have the opportunity to sell a piece of your business to to somebody else, or. Um, sell a piece of your business and continue to consult and help them and make some money that way. So it, it's definitely a time to reach out to other companies uh, in your industry, you know, other vendors that are that are in the industry but don't do exactly what you do, and you know, just have a discussion and see if there there are opportunities because you really don't know, you know, what's going on with specifically in somebody else's mind and until you talk to them you know you're not gonna you're not gonna find out so sometimes those those conversations could be very helpful
0: i love that and i i think that that takes a lot of boldness and creativity to say let me reach out to a you know, someone who may have been a competitor because they might be in an even worse situation than you and you could be their savior. So I, I like that flipping of the thinking and being confident to to put yourself out there and reach out. And, you know, I don't know if any of your clients have been successful in doing anything like that. That would be interesting to hear. But if not, you know, when you say reach out, d- do you have any um, suggestions of maybe how to reach out sure. to these people? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I
3: actually, I'm glad you asked. Because, uh, uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of using LinkedIn for things like that. So, you know, you could easily find people that, that you know because you know their names or just look for you know, companies that you know of and find out who's working at those companies and just reach out and, and you know, try and connect, say hello. If, if you don't hear back, if they don't connect, you know that, hey, they're not the right person to talk to. But I found that, that more often than not, I get a response and you make a connection, you have a conversation, you know, and, and you're not necessarily starting a conversation with, hey, do you want to merge businesses? You're just, you know, reaching out and, and, you know, they may be thinking the same thing you are. So I, you know, I like using LinkedIn for those purposes because you can find people and, you know, it's a it's a way to softly approach somebody and see if they're interested in the conversation.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And I, I too love LinkedIn. And I think, you know, I'm not an expert, but I have had some really great success. And when reaching out on LinkedIn, I think that it's really important to be a human being and to not approach anybody, you know, right away and hit them hard over the head with like, hey, uh, you know, I might be able to save your business. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) because I do see people approaching LinkedIn in, uh, in a wrong way. And I think the more that we can humanize LinkedIn and just use it as a conversation starter, I do think that the better everybody will be. And even the more that they will will trust some of the connection requests coming from LinkedIn.
3: Absolutely. And sometimes you just learn, you know, speaking to somebody in the industry, you learn things, you know, um, that that could be very helpful. You know, even if it doesn't turn into, you know, a, a business proposition.
0: Right it's it's networking and you never know who they might be able to introduce you to or put a seed of an idea in your head that can really help you so i i love that advice um and i was just thinking you know so many times on linkedin i'll get these crazy messages, you know, from people. A lot of times it's, it's I can do your SEO for you. <laughs> um, but it just makes me think about something that happened to me um, recently that was a, a scam. And I, I wanted to talk about it and bring it up on this podcast because with all of these, uh, all of the information that's out there about all these different grants and loans and all of that, I think that there are, you know, unsavory people out there that are trying to take advantage of people. Um, something happened to me the other day where I received a very legitimate-looking check in the mail, and there was just one slight thing that was off about it that made me look up and do a little research, and. It, you know, come to find out that it was, you know, a fake check, even though it looked so real. And I'm on high alert for things like that. And I just thought to myself, man, you know, somebody else who is maybe desperate for money or like hopeful, maybe not desperate's not the right word, but like hopeful that they're receiving something and then they receive something, you know, you immediately go and deposit it into a bank. And I just, I want to Put the word out there that people need to be very cautious about everything right now.
3: Yeah, there's a tremendous amount of cyber fraud. Um, you know, before the coronavirus uh, hit, it was already you know significantly increasing, and we have we have clients. Um, you know, even even at our firm, we've had instances where people tried to get information through us, uh, and it, it's a huge problem. And now with the pandemic and more people. You know, working from home, uh, using the internet you know, remotely, and connecting to to work environments—it's even more challenging, and there's even more cyber fraud. So you really have to be super careful before you give out any information uh, on a website, even filling in a form. Sometimes it looks like it's coming from your bank or it's coming from another company that you work with and they ask you to fill in some information. Um, always look at, at the actual email address, not just the name of the email address, but if you click on the, the name, it'll show you the actual email address and that, that can be helpful. But it's, it's something to be very, very careful about these days.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I there was another thing that I got just yesterday and when you just said that about the email address, I said, "Gosh, that happened yesterday." There was I got a notice from Discover, like a Discover credit card from Discover that there was like an unsavory transaction on my Discover card. And It's the email address said Discover, and then I'm like, I haven't used that card. I don't even know it's not out in circulation. It's in my drawer in the kitchen. Um, so I I looked, and then I saw that the account number didn't match my account number, and then I clicked on the email address, and it said like video whatever Mm -hmm. at blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. So yes, and this is these are the things that people who are busy and they're hustling and they're you know hopeful for money these are the things that get overlooked and then in this worst financial situation they can be hit even harder and it's just it's heartbreaking
3: it's you have to be super super careful
0: yeah we're becoming more reliant on the
2: technology and and the email communications but I think, you know, we're used to not using the phone now. And I think right now it's even more important if you see something that doesn't seem right, <laughs> you need to confirm it with a phone call. And and we dread that now, the waiting on a phone and getting a hold of someone. We're so used to the email. We're so reliant on that right now, the way that we're all working remotely. But it's really important to take that extra step, click on the email, see if you recognize it, pick up the phone, call and make sure it's coming from whoever it says it's coming from. And before you do anything with that email.
0: Yeah. And that's such a great message, too, because so many people, I, I you know, maybe it's just the, the things that I'm looking at online, but there's a lot of, you know, hustle. There's all this opportunity go out and grab it. Um, and I think when you're in that pace and that frame of mind, You don't take the opportunity to slow down and question things because you're like, hustle, hustle, hustle. Let me take, let me grab, let me, you know, see what I can do. And I think we all need to to take some deep breaths because while it's important to hustle, maybe for some, you have to hustle smart or maybe or maybe stop hustling. No, it's going to
2: be different for everybody, and for some, you know, there's an ability and a need to to hustle. Uh, but you have to do whatever you're doing in a smart way, and for some, that may mean taking the pause, taking the deep breath, slowing things down a little, so things don't fall through the
0: cracks. Yeah what what are, what are some of the businesses and and the you know with the clients that you have? What are some of the businesses right now that have successfully maybe pivoted or they're, they weren't too affected. What are some categories? Just to throw it out there, and this is not saying that you should get into this business. I just I just want to put some hope out there that there are things that are still happening and people are okay. Yeah, I, I there have are some a, people that yeah, are okay. two
1: clients, but they're in an industry that you would expect given uh, given the environment because they're an essential business. One is a. Food supply uh, supplier, and uh, and so they uh, continue to supply a lot of, in particular, lunches to to schools, even though students are home. And then, uh, and then the other is somewhat related. It, they provide services to uh, to uh, grocery stores and and help grocery stores determine what they need to purchase. And so, I'll, even though they're more of a software provider they do have to update a lot of, uh, you know, uh, update a lot of it based on what the inventory is. So, so anyway, long story, you know, if you're servicing an essential business, I think that or an essential business, you're kind of under that umbrella of an essential business. So those, that, those are a couple of clients that I feel like are are weathering it, weathering this storm. Okay. But, but by and large, um, I, I I'm mostly fielding calls of, Hey, I put my application in, uh, wh- what do I, you know, for, you know, for loan assistance, et cetera, and, and, and kind of people who are still in, although not uh, not as, well, s- still in a crisis mode or still in a uh, hustling mode to try to kind of shore up their capital um, to maintain uh, cash flow. So,
0: yeah, I, I, I think it's so important to have a trusted you know advisor or or set of advisors or source that you can go to and that's you know that's why I'm so happy that we're having this conversation because to just have a relationship and be able to pick up the phone and say can you just point me in the right direction is invaluable and I think a lot of people, small businesses and people in general can sort of take a chapter out of that book and say, if you can be helpful today, you know, it might not mean that you're gonna get a dollar in your pocket, but that could be a, a real investment in relationship building for the future. And that I I hope is what business is going to be about in the future. I hope there's more humanity and less focus on, you know, how how do I like get something from somebody? That's just my <laughs> my hope, <laughs> my, my big hope for and, you how know, businesses, and, and to that extent, I mean, this um, is in a, yeah, and, from a legal like, or
1: business perspective, but, you know, yeah, I feel like that with the crisis, you know, people are connecting more with, you know, with their current friends, with past friends, with uh, different communities that, that you've been involved in. And, and kind of to your point about humanity, I, I do think, you know, with kind of the, the, uh, having to hunker down and, and, and shelter in place and, and be with your, hopefully you're, you're with your loved ones. And if, you know, if, if, uh, if not, you're, you're still connecting with, with, uh, with your loved ones and, and people you care dearly about. And, and it has kind of, I think, refocused some of people's priorities to more, you know, less, less from, from, oh, you know, I, I had to go to that fancy restaurant or see that like that, the new hot show or, or uh, get my nails done and get my my hair done and and kind of in that type of cycle of uh, of living more you know more you know materialistically not you know I'm not anti-capitalism but but where where you're like you know kind of focused on on some other things and I think with that yeah. said right. I think that I, there, yeah. you know that that kind of more human approach to things I think and and what and kind of realizing what maybe people's reshuffled priorities are. I think that, you know, that is, you know, potentially a, a you know, an avenue for business uh where it's not this kind of cutthroat and and
3: just bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree with you, Sheila. But I gotta <laughs> say, I, I can't wait to get my hair done again. I'm just <laughs> uh, no.
0: hard, too bad we didn't have the video, <laughs> and people would would know why we that's funny. It, no, no. Sure, good
3: point. Good point.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so funny. But yeah, I I think that that again, you know, operating from that place of humanity. And and when you think about okay, how can I be more human? That can actually create business opportunity. So instead of coming from the perspective of what's the business opportunity, what's the business opportunity, shifting it, like you're talking about shifting the the way that you're thinking about things, I think that that is, is sort of what, what business innovation is all about. So it's good that we're getting back to this. It's terrible that it had to take this for us to, you know, think about things in a different way. So... I just think that this is an incredibly important conversation, and it's one that we all need to be having. Uh, I love that you guys are an incredible resource. And I, I would love for you to m- maybe just let everybody know how they might be able to get in touch with you, talk to you, um, if they do have any pressing
3: concerns. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's uh, our website's Ingram. LLP INGRAM LLP can reach us through our website. You can Google us: Warren Frizz, Sheila DeGasper, Jennifer Zurigi and um, or or reach out through through Adrian, and we'd be we'd be more than happy to help. Just have a conversation, provide some advice, whatever you know, whatever people need. We're happy to chat.
0: That is awesome. Do you, are there any final um, either piece of of advice? Or uh, you know, just something that you you want to say before we close this excellent yeah. conversation. <laughs> Or songs that you want to yeah. sing, so, yeah, we'll perhaps. like
3: Everybody, you know,
1: everybody is in this um, same boat. You know, I, I know, you know, there's there's highs and and lows to to being in this predicament, and 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 you're not alone. And and I was joking with these these uh, awesome folks earlier, just about like I, I feel like in my head is is always the the song by the B G, staying alive, staying alive, and it's all about just staying alive. You know, whether you're that's still that that might entail putting your business on. <laughs> on pause or you need some financial assistance via kind of the government programs that are, that are out there that, you know, especially if you need it, you need to take advantage of it. And, uh, and, uh, and hopefully everyone's, you know, um, staying alive.
0: (laughs) I love it. That is so funny. So thank you so much. And I really appreciate having this conversation. And of course, I appreciate the relationship that we all have with one another. It has been one of the highlights of She Leads Media, just being in conversation with all of you for these years and having you um, just be real big supporters of She Leads Media and everything that we're doing. So thank you. I'm very grateful for you. And I'm grateful for your Great. incredible advice well, thank- and that you're here for everything. Yeah. as a resource thank you so much much, adrian
3: Adrian. we appreciate it we enjoy it
0: thank you yay okay thank you and if you again want to get in touch with ingram you can go to their website at ingramllp.com thank you and have a great day